Hello, everyone. Welcome to Desk Doodles, episode nine. I'm your host, Sapna Malhotra. As we were growing up, I remember often being asked by an uncle or aunt, so sweetheart, what do you want to be when you grow up? What are you going to do when you're big? And as a 10 year old, all of us had these amazing ideas in our mind. One day it would be an astronaut, the other day a singer, a third day could be a cricketer or a teacher. But how many of us got to live that dream? How many of us really lived it? Because when we reached that age where we really had to decide what we were going to do, we realized there were so few molds that we had to fit in. But why was that so? Why couldn't we design our own molds? Why couldn't we walk the path that we wanted to? I think that is why entrepreneurial education is the need of the hour. It gives you a child the privilege to walk the path that the child wants to. I think it infuses in each and every child the curiosity, the fearlessness, and the creativity to innovate, to design their own path. Today on Desk Doodles, we have not one, but two amazing guests. One is someone who guides, who mentors hundreds of students every day to find that calling and to walk that path. And the other is someone who found that calling and is walking that path as a very established entrepreneur. So I'm so happy to welcome on Desk Doodles today, my two guests. Welcome Malti Narayan and welcome Manav Subodh. Thank you, Sapna. It's wonderful to be here. Same here. So good to have both of you here. Um, I'll come to you, Malti, first. You've been an educator for nearly 20 years. You've been a researcher at ISC. You have taught at university level in the US and uh, you've been working with students for the past, uh, I think, nearly 20 years. And you've been heading Rajaji Nagar National Public School as principal for the past four years. So tell us a little bit about your journey. Um, I've been to many places. I've lived in many places. And if you count the number of schools that I've gone to, I think it's about seven or eight. Wow. Uh, because my father was an orthopedic surgeon and uh, uh, he used to get transferred to many places. Uh, so my exposure to different kinds of people, I think, uh, has really helped me in my days of growing up. It's actually led to a lot of confusion too. Uh, <laughs> but then now in retrospect, I think uh, all those experiences uh, helped me to be the person that I am. Um, uh, living in different countries, um, interacting. Uh, we used to stay in a small town in Wales where I was the only Indian uh, student in the school um, and this was in 1978 or so mm -hmm. um, so I I was always you know uh, in the front line I, I would be visible and I'm actually I used to be a very uh, I used to be introvert so uh, I think that uh, kind of uh, the limelight pulled me up oh. uh, <laughs> to uh, become the person that I am uh, even in the U.S., uh, I was very young. I was uh, 23 years old. I had just finished uh, my uh, post-graduation in uh, microbiology. And I was teaching first-year nursing students. 
um, at the college and uh, uh, in the US they used to take a break after school and uh, they would come back to continue their education so most of them were at least 10 years older than me yeah. um, so that was a very scary uh, time to stand in front of a room full of uh, people who were older uh, you know and uh, I think all those things gave me the courage uh, to face so now I think I can face a whole room of people without uh, getting scared and uh, I always tell uh, my children uh, in school you know those who have a fear of public speaking or those who are uh, shy you know that uh, circumstances puts us uh, you know in a path where uh, it helps us learn things overcome um, certain characteristic features and come out with the best that we can so it's been a huge learning journey for me, jumping from uh, being a complete academician. Uh, I was very passionate about my subject. Uh, when I was in ISC, I published a paper and you know, I was completely into academia and uh, jumping into school was uh, you know, sudden and it was uh, something I've always felt very passionate about teaching. So I used to uh, take tuitions uh, for biology and for French. I have a diploma in French too. Of course, I've forgotten most of it now. Uh, so that was a calling which suddenly came. And on the spur of the moment, you know, I uh, applied to the school and I got the job. And uh, the rest is I've, I've been here. This is my first school that I ever joined. And I think I'm going to retire from the school too. <laughs> But it clearly shows your passion to be an educator and I think the love for your subject, I think that stands very strong in uh, your entire story, right? Yeah, yeah. I've been, you know, that's something that uh, pushes me on and I'm kind of up to date with even the most recent research in my field. So even though I'm doing admin on one side, <laughs> this is something that uh, keeps me going. Great, great. So coming to you, Manav. Manav, you are the founder of... 1 million for 1 billion, 1M1B company. I just really love the name because it sends the message right there, you know, so crystal. And uh, you've been working with more than 10,000 youths across 200 plus schools, worked with CBSC, and you have this leadership uh, youth program that you conduct in over seven countries. And I think the highlight is the uh, you know, annual event that you uh, host at the United Nations headquarters at New York. So you've been recognized by Forbes, by UN, by BBC. I'm falling short ma uh, you know, of word, Manav, and I think you should just take away from here and tell us the journey of, like you call yourself, the accidental entrepreneur. <laughs> so let's hear it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, firstly, uh, uh, thanks for having me today. And uh, it's an honor to be uh, in company of two amazing women. Uh, Ms. Malti and Sapna, you've known each other for long and Malti and I've been working for a long time. So it's an honor. Thank you for, uh, for including me in this and happy to share some part of my journey um, in, in, in this, uh, in this on this topic. So uh, I had a, a, a typical path, most boy had at, uh, during the 80s, 90s, right, uh, which is like, uh, had a good schooling, was a science student, got into engineering, got into MBA, and got into a very nice corporate job, and enjoyed thoroughly for 17 years, worked for Intel Corporation for 10 years, um, was a dream job, uh, was handling 30 countries, was traveling the world, 
And uh, then, you know, the moment of truth happens, right? <laughs> that, uh, till when will I do this? Right? I was definitely not in the, in the, in the corporate race. I was not, I mean, that didn't excite me to become a CEO, didn't excite me to become a, like a hot shot. I mean, you know, the typical corporate route didn't excite me. And that's where I started thinking that what, what, what am I, what am I here for? Right. And uh, that was a very disturbing question. What am I here for? And uh, it took a long time. It took me five years to answer that question because I start, you know, was dealing with that question for over five years. And then one, one day uh, when I was kind of doing an entrepreneurship workshop in, uh, in Egypt, in Cairo, uh, this was during the Arab Spring. Uh, this was the time that, you know, there was a big conflict and stuff. And, uh, you know, one of our entrepreneur trainers who I used to manage, uh, he was from San Francisco and he said, I'm not going to go there because the travel advisory says, uh, you know, you can't go there. And my wife is not allowing me to go there because of the travel advisory. And I said, well, we can't just back off because we had already lined up a workshop with young people. And I said, can you train me? And I'll go there. Um, so he trained me on Skype at that time. There was no Zoom. There was Skype. And, uh, and, uh, and I went there. And of course, I convinced somehow my wife, who was very sporting at that time, <laughs> has been very sporting. Uh, but uh, she said, okay. I mean, you know, and, and I, the, the Intel people said, you know, a travel advisory. Uh, I said, look, you know, I don't, I don't look like anybody from outside. Probably I look like them. I don't look like a foreigner. Uh, so, you know, this, you know, I'll go there. And yeah. they said, okay. And I went there and, and I did my first workshop, which lasted for two days, back to back, 16 hours, like eight hours, eight hours. And it just went. And uh, the outcome was uh, something that shook me because all these were young people who were without jobs. And suddenly I thought after the workshop, they had hope. Uh, they had hope that they own their own destiny. They are not dependent on the government for a job. They are not dependent on some large corporation for a job. They are not dependent on where they are staying for a job. Like this whole concept that you need to be in the U.S. or you need to be in an emerging right. economy. Yeah. And that really changed my perspective. Um, and I decided to leave my job at that time. And I said, what, what if I can do this for my country? And it just came to you there, right there when yeah. you were there. That's correct. And, you know, it was like, what if I can do this for my country? Because there's so many people in the villages of India who, who are facing the same similar situation that, you know, the, I call it like the have to and the want to, right? Uh, there is no choice, right? So, so uh, we all are in this privileged world, a nice bubble where we, we, you know, we want to be entrepreneurs, but we have choices. But then not, a lot of people who have to get a job, have to be an entrepreneur. And then started working in the villages, um, failed miserably for first year, second year, but then thought that the, the real pivotal point or the center of gravity lies in young people. And if I can work with young people and youth entrepreneurship, that can really spark a lot of changes in India. And that's what I'm inspired with. I'm still trying to do my bit. It's still a long way to go, but yeah, uh, five years into the journey now. Amazing. I think so adventurous and so inspiring, Manav. I think uh, viewers listening to it also will be inspired because especially the young uh, generation, because there's so much of energy and so wonderful, such wonderful ideas they have. It's just that sometimes you need that, uh, you know, boost of confidence from somewhere and you see somebody who's done it and you feel that maybe I can do that. And it's just about taking that first step. 
and uh, it, it, i mean it's very similar like when i went solo as well it was so scary it's scary as well as exciting at the same time because you're so happy that you're going to walk the path that you know you passionate about and then again it is scary because you're just leaving that comfort bubble and then you're putting yourself out there so yeah. but i think great hearing uh, your story so like yeah. is the tradition on desk doodles uh, guys we have a big question every time and uh, i'm going to put that big question to you malti first because you were the i think the first few schools that opened their doors to an entrepreneurship uh, program for children and which manav brought it to your school so uh, i'll put the big question to you first and manav we'll go back and forth as uh, uh, we start talking so malti my question to you is why do you think we need and entrepreneurial education at school levels today oh well sapna um i think it first of all uh, brings reality into the classroom you know what is out there um it also at a young age you know you're going to change the child's mindset into an entrepreneurial one which means it's going to get expanded into the community they're going to start thinking outside of themselves and you start doing this at a early age um it's going to develop uh, competencies and skills in them which uh, no other subject is going to bring in it's going to uh, in this age of digital communication and networking kids already have a huge amount of resources it's just how are we uh, teaching them to be self reliant uh to be self made it teaches uh, resilience um it uh, it probably uh, helps them you know face um, challenges and uh, can they iterate them or pivot them entirely how do they face it and in this day and age teaching them at a young age when they exposed to a lot of things is extremely important so i think uh, this program uh, in schools um it it also if you bring it into schools it you know teachers teachers um if we equip the teachers to identify a student's potential and groom them in the right way you know it's going to make a difference to the school uh, to themselves to their families to the school to the country and the world we never know who's that uh, bright spark that's going to change the world yeah uh, yeah so i feel uh, bringing entrepreneurship into schools at an early age you know even as early as grade 5 or grade 6 um we see the difference in the children i um, would say even grade 1 why not uh, you know start yeah, from ground yeah. up because uh, wouldn't that really you know uh, put the foundation so strong for them to just start thinking like that true true very true we we can actually go younger and younger you know Absolutely. as uh, once we have a foothold and we've tested right. it and we know yes yeah because if you see like uh, younger children smaller kids right most of the time they always go why 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 and they don't stop that why right and that why i feel is also the key why an entrepreneur innovates right or an entrepreneur creates because that curiosity is not satisfied till he has found a solution for that 
you know whatever the problem yeah. or uh, the solution to any any uh, thing that he's thinking of and i think that's what a child does so if yeah. we start young i think we just tap into that uh, curiosity so we uh, tap the why and then we add on the when and the how yes. Yes. <laughs> and then uh, make it happen absolutely, absolutely. so manav coming to you uh, you know generally people start with a program ground up they say right from down and you have done it the other way right you you were right there and then you brought it to the young youth and now you brought it to the schools uh, why did you feel that need that you needed to take it to schools see a lot has to do with my personal journey right uh, i wish somebody had asked me this question that what in what are you here in this life for i mean the question that i you know said disturbs me and that is the question uh, that is the core of every program that i do uh, in the schools of india and of course in uh, nps rajaji nagar we start with what are you here for what is your calling uh, what is your purpose uh, what calls you and if you look at uh, what calls you on the other side is what disturbs you so uh, so when you are really asking that question you know things really happen and it happened to me i mean i my i'm from a very academic Uh, family my mother was a professor of course now retired uh, i am not from an entrepreneurial family at all has been very service oriented uh, so it, uh, you know i've got a like a, a service background in some way and an academic background so entrepreneurship was something that i never thought of and that's why i call myself an accidental entrepreneur because <laughs> i never went for it and it just it it happened and i stumbled upon this big question and i think i just take that big question back in the classrooms today uh and the the big question is really to my younger self uh you know and that's how i enjoy this work because it's to my younger self where i go in the classrooms and i have of course now a very passionate team who believes in the same philosophy we go back in the classroom and say what are you here for and uh, and that changes everything because uh it's not an entrepreneurship class right it is a find your passion class Uh, find your higher purpose class and you know of course we don't get too deep into it but at least at the at the at the right level um because if you if if i look at it let me ask you a question and and miss malti a question right when you think of entrepreneurship what are the three words that come to you i think creating um, yeah innovation innovation yeah, yeah. And solving solving something solving problems yeah and like, uh, team uh, work or communication and uh, marketing yourself marketing, you know, or yeah. your or what belief you have and i yeah. think yeah looking within looking within what i really would like to do what i would really enjoy doing i think that is been the key for me yeah yeah and when i ask the same question to young people most of them say money <laughs> most of them say competition most of them say vc most of them say mark zuckerberg <laughs> right and that itself is 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 not the right definition if you look at it right so in the academic environment the word entrepreneurship has got a bad reputation generally i'm not saying in you know some schools like nps are different but generally the word entrepreneurship has a bad reputation because it's seen as earning money it is seen as being an outlier it's seen as killing everybody you know making money you know going after something going right. to the silicon valley i think more like a career choice it's always uh, branded as a career choice not like a mindset change i think exactly. that's where so what if like and and what we do is what about entrepreneurship is about not competition but about collaboration yeah 
uh, what if entrepreneurship is not about just making money but giving back to the world right those are questions that in our generation people you know when i started uh, this work and you know one of my friends called one of my other friends and said tell manav not to leave the intel job he's he's <laughs> gone crazy and said why he's worth you know he's talking as if he's retired <laughs> so 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 uh, the work that that sometimes it is seen as oh when i've made money when i have a nice house when i have something and i'll I go and give back to the world and probably it's like 60 years you are 70 years and you don't have time and energy and uh, and and i think that needs to change and that's increasingly changes uh, is changing that entrepreneurship is about a higher purpose yeah. entrepreneurship is about collaboration not competition um uh, entrepreneurship is about contribution not just taking everything out from the world and you know spoiling the environment so i think i think that that is changing in this generation which is in the classrooms that all of us are dealing with are very open to that conversation yeah, yeah. and when you change that context things happen and um, and uh, it has been happening in fact uh, uh, something that i'm very proud of is 80% of the students that we have on our entrepreneurship program are girls Wow! <laughs> I yeah. would really yeah. clap for really? that. Seriously, I and 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 typically entrepreneurship, the stereotype is oh, it's the boy sport, right? <laughs> uh, technology, you know, no, it's like oh, eighty percent girls, and I think I think that when you change the context, because girls respond better to a purpose, right. you know, a, a higher purpose kind of a conversation, then you know they get excited about it. And in in fact, when I used to do this job in Intel. i had just the other way it was 20% girls and 80% boys and every time intel used to tell me how do we get girls yeah every time like no and i and think also manav that uh, when we talk in uh, reference to big cities i think the dynamics would change and when you talk about it in terms of when you take it to villages i think that's where it would really help because i think somewhere i feel there uh, you know the girls are kind of pushed into the background most of the times and you're uh, working with them gives them a privilege to come forward and kind of have at least that option to come forward yeah yeah in fact i can go on and tell so many amazing stories around it once i was in a village and doing the same workshop and it was only with the girls right and uh, i i used to say what are you passionate about all those typical question and nobody was answering right and then i saw one girl raise her hand really in the in the in the back and she says i want to start up a teddy bear store oh. and i said why teddy bear she said i was raised and i didn't have teddy bears i want my brother to have teddy bears oh. so if you look at it it's all about contribution yeah right so uh, so uh, you know it she wants to start a teddy bear store now if you look at it like it's any other business yeah. but if you look at it she wants to start it because her brother didn't have a teddy bear yeah. because his, the brother loves teddy bears and And she that brings, was great. She and I said, "Wow!" I mean, that's it. She needs to. She wants to spread that happiness around. And what you said earlier on, also, uh, Mana, when uh, a little while ago I was conducting a workshop at school, and they had uh, these volunteers from across Bangalore. So they had these high school students who volunteered just for the day, and there were uh, students from. different colleges and so i just got asking them i said so what is your plan uh, you know you're right there on the precipice so what is the plan in the future and 80% of them didn't want to take the regular jobs they said i we want to go entrepreneur we want to create we want to 
you know do this and i came back and i was like so impressed with the you know next generation that they have the uh, you know independence to think which i think in our times was very very limited and i think uh, one of the reasons is to bring these uh, learning skills to children uh, to schools that would really help uh, you know increase that so uh, moving from there i uh, would like to come to you malati that you've uh, worked with manav and with the students in your school with that program so what do you think was the skill set that you felt was really needed for children uh, you know to become a part of those kind of programs the entrepreneurial programs um sapna uh, what we noticed uh, was uh, first of all uh, the students that uh, we have seen who are part of this uh, uh, entrepreneurship program uh, they had uh, a personal passion about some problem uh, whether it was uh, regarding pets or whether it was uh, regarding uh, mental health uh, and well being you know there was uh, there was a personal touch and you ask the child why did you choose this there is a personal story behind every choice of uh, topic for this program uh, so I, i i think first of all it's amazing to see these youngsters uh, you know bring out their passion and doing something about it that in itself tells us that they have uh, you know looked within themselves and they feel very strongly about something and they have even identified how do i go about finding a solution to this or helping uh, solve something related to this so one thing is about um, uh, you know the 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 creativity that goes in converting a thought into a process right so that was uh, one of the amazing skills which i uh, which i really appreciated in each and every one of them uh second is about uh, teamwork and coordination you know okay you uh, you've identified the problem you want to do something about it how do you go about it you know uh, you uh, face obstacles at every step you know especially now uh, uh, we just suddenly switched to online schools you don't meet your friends you don't meet your teachers you know how do you carry it forward you know things like that so uh, there um, uh, as as we said they're digital natives right so uh, they've been able to find a solution to everything you know they they networked and uh, i i actually uh, find that amazing you know <laughs> how they've gone about into that and um, probably uh, another thing which i think is the courage that they have you know uh, it requires at the age of let's say 12 13 14 which is our average age group uh, in this program you know such sheer courage of uh, let let me see how uh, i can do this and the, the the confidence also that i can do it and it's even the confidence to completely pivot and change their idea when it's not working true but i also at the same time uh, malti i wanted to add to that that not all students also have that confidence right so somewhere i feel that uh, when we bring in entrepreneurial education to schools it also empowers uh, the children who are not equipped with those skills to start uh, you know uh, believing in those skills start believing in themselves and uh, empower themselves with that kind of confidence to stand in front of uh, other children and just put their you know uh, idea across because that is also one of the most difficult things i think uh, a lot of children find it difficult to stand in front of 
even four people and say no i want i believe in this you know i think this is going to work that's so difficult right what right. what do you think manav have you experienced something like that with children yeah in fact uh, you know uh, uh, a lot of things i am learning personally uh, and one of the things that that i now firmly believe in is in the power of introverts uh, you know uh, the introverts uh, are have something right and if we can if you can spark the introverts a lot of things can can happen and in fact a bunch of our students who are doing amazingly well in fact uh, ms malti and i can talk about 100 such uh, students now I would to want to hear. Way. I would really want to hear about yeah. that from both of you, really. <laughs> so there are uh, Miss Malti students who who are who are not like the typical students that you would you know if you if you do a debating class or if you do a presentation skills you would have a certain category of people standing up, but in this program the students from Miss Malti School NPS Rajaji Nagar who spoke at the UN were te- were were students you wouldn't typically think are presenters. right but they did exceedingly well from the rest and they were presenting like nobody yeah. in fact few of them would be now we are nominating them for tedxs but wow. i think that's the power that's the power and and i consider myself an introvert uh, you know when i was young uh, so i think the 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 very fact that you can you can talk to introverts using a program called entrepreneurship is yeah. is a big one for me right it gives me access to 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 talk to the introverts and say hey what what are you here for yeah, and then exactly. they become like something else completely something else and they go and speak at the un and they are talking to the secretary general they are talking to ambassadors they are talking to people that you won't even imagine and you don't have to like teach them anything you don't have to tell them how to talk they are talking they are fired the environment that you created inside that room when you were there with those students and the trainers and i think the environment itself must have been so positive and uh, energized that i think it just you know the children just blossom they just open up on their own uh, what do you think malti you have i'm sure you have so many uh, examples from there right <laughs> you really yeah, i mean uh, there there are these uh, children who i just heard mumbling you ask them a question man you know they'll just mumble an answer which uh, will be a monosyllabic answer so uh, Uh, you know my jaw dropped when i uh, heard them speaking at uh, the united nations and you know as you said the the electricity of the place the uh, it it uh, it it just gives you the the intensity that you're looking for see it's it's something passionate yes but then you've taken it to a different level and we've seen these children uh, in the classroom grow i mean uh, i was telling manav that uh, one of the boys as i remember how did you bring him up to uh, you know this it was frankly amazing um, to see them so and i remember we were standing uh, on the steps about to enter the un building and it was very cold and uh, we were all in a line and uh, one of the children uh, a little boy in grade 8 he said ma'am we are actually here we're outside do you realize we're outside the united nations building and i'm going to speak you know so you could see the radiance you could see the excitement i'm sure uh, i'm sure and it's an experience for life for them and i think the amount of uh, confidence that generated in that child i think that will last him a lifetime and that will help him to decide really you know when that time comes that what i really want to do with my life 
and he's been through that journey that's why i think i would feel so strongly about it that you know that bringing these programs to children would really help them to uh, you know live so, so, uh, such better lives in the future very true very true they are, they they're, they're yeah, going to do you know i'm sure they're going to do wonders uh, in the future because we you know it's created that spark in them and uh, that was something as i said you know just put them in the reality of the situation and then uh, that uh, that uh, once it's ignited it's going to go on for years definitely for sure. definitely yeah. in fact i want to add in there under that story so that was inside outside the un when we all of us were entering <laughs> and you know uh, we had a fabulous event the students did us proud and all international delegates were in awe right they were really in awe and it was covered by un tv uh, so we had everything and you know of course i was organizing it so you know what it is right when you're putting up a program together you're worried about all the guests and how they're feeling and then i see uh, miss malti is missing right and i said where she gone right and and i go out and you know there's a cafeteria outside the room uh, inside the un there's a un cafeteria and she was sitting like this and i said oh something has gone wrong right and and i said i hope you're okay everything fine and she said manav um, i need to do more i need to do more and you know and i want to give that as a compliment because absolutely see it's not just the students you need educators like miss malti to give that thriving environment and in spite of her students doing a great job just a few minutes back she was outside Already. just introspecting what else i need to do and i think that attitude of i want to do something more for my children will 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 have a very will will encourage a ecosystem which is which will help these young innovators entrepreneurs inventors thrive so uh, i think that's that's really critical and i just i as you were talking about it i just remembered how yes. she was sitting and how she was like I need to do more. I need to do more. I said, and okay, so, okay. That was a oh my god moment. Yes, that really was. I'm so happy you brought it out, Manav, because that really speaks volumes about the whole uh, thought that goes in your, uh, you know, uh, mind all the time, Malpi, to bring something. And you were the first ones who opened doors to something like this in Bangalore. So I think that really. credit goes to you for uh, you know keeping the students in your mind and their uh, you know welfare and how you can bring them up in so many different ways so amazing and uh, from there i really want to bring out more of your experiences together and uh, i'm sure through the program you saw that you know uh, do you think that the entrepreneurial education brought out uh, you know a burst of creativity in children as well do you feel that like Uh, from children uh, who were not who felt i feel that every child is creative every child has a unique uh, creativeness to them but sometimes children are you know like you talked about in introvert when they have to go up and talk but in other ways as well to create things uh, did you feel that burst unleashing of creativity at every step i mean uh, the program has multiple steps so we could see the growth in that you know it starts off as a small seed as an idea 
then uh, it's it uh, the 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 trainers and uh, the students and all of us it it kind of gets a lot of input and then it grows and it grows and then uh, the students um, kind of uh, there is a level of competitiveness amongst them too sure, so yeah. they see each other they are there for uh, each other's presentations uh, there are question answer sessions so students are uh, the ones who have taken up the program you know they presented to the other students the juniors or the seniors and uh, they are uh, you know they get used to answering the questions so um so uh, there were multiple sessions like that so when i felt even at the united nations when they were asked questions you know it was questions that they've been asked before so you know they they've uh, they they were able they were comfortable with the answers they were giving uh, very uh, valid reasons or answers uh, to the questions posed and we could see the creativity build up the confidence build up at every step and these are 12 13 year old students as well yes yeah? yes the, i uh, we i think we even had uh, somebody who was 11 or 12 they were yeah, very young even very young. young the youngest was wow. 11 years yeah. 11 oh years. my god wow No, so uh, we we could we could see it we could see that uh, build up at every stage and that really helped so that's what manu was saying you know i was thinking oh my god i we have to you know give them more inputs yeah. you know give them more challenges to face that's that's when the creativity the more challenge you face the more creative and i think right now uh, you had the program for a selected few do you in the future see that you know you could just have it universally for all your students uh, to I'm be sure a part of something like that yeah i'm sure we can and i think it's kind it's uh, the students also they uh, they like to see what's happening first as you said there are certain introverts who who won't suddenly jump into it you know and once they uh, go through the experience even for me when i went to the united nations and i saw what was happening it was really a realization of uh, the uh, depth of this uh, particular program so um, in the future yes i do see um, as the years go by more and more uh, people right. So Manav, you are working with the uh, schools now, um, uh, with CBSE oh, schools. Is it being integrated into uh, a teaching program, or is it just for a limited few? How are you doing it? So we started with the NPS group. Uh, typically, okay. most of the NPSs are now part of this program, and I think um, uh, hats off to the NPS leadership for believing in this program Absolutely. like four years back. Uh, now, in fact, one of the things that I uh, you know and not all schools are like that to be honest i mean everybody has a different agenda the needs are different uh, the the demographics are different the children who are coming from different communities are different. so it's not that everybody is going to respond to this program the but it is important that we make this mainstream so i think uh, what we are trying to do now we took the same concept uh, and i was part of the cbsc uh, planning committee for the program on artificial intelligence and one of the thing that i started bringing to them uh, was that can we integrate entrepreneurial thinking now yeah. entrepreneurial thinking is the buzzword or is the keyword or entrepreneurial mindset into a program like ai mm-hmm. so somewhere you need to have entrepreneurship not as a standalone program but you need to integrate it with something which is mainstream like ai uh, 
uh, it could be blockchain tomorrow it could be artificial uh, it could be augmented reality or virtual reality tomorrow these are the technologies of the future that everybody is talking about so somehow we need to integrate the entrepreneurial thinking and contributing to your communities and make that as mainstream discussion right and uh, cbsc has this uh, uh, this concept called the save up the save up uh, program which is where uh, there's a period allocated every uh, week for community service and it's part of the timetable hmm. right and uh, something that we landed up piloting in about 100 schools last year was doing ai for better india like and that became part of the seva period as such right and and then we were talking ai and now ai has become uh, you know there's an elective that that is in ai and what we are helping uh, some of the students uh, do and of course this is in partnership with ibm is we are integrating ai for better india uh, in 200 schools teaching uh, wow. making that as a program and uh, you know in the in, in the, as, and the artificial intelligence ai elective in the 12th grade the students have to come up with a capstone project right. so the idea really is learn ai for better ai for good or as they call the good tech or the good technology uh, and use ai for creating community impact which is nothing but entrepreneurship yeah. right and then that becomes part of your capstone project in your 12th grade wow. now i think that is the right way to go because then you have making entrepreneurial entrepreneurship and leadership and changing the world a mainstream discussion and right. not like a saturday sunday out of school kind of a program and i also right. and I, I think when you said that you know the when when the children are interacting with suppose this is run by ibm you said so the students would be in an interaction with the corporate world they would be brainstorming ideas with the you know the uh, uh, tech people there so they kind of feel that what they are learning is right applicable right there right the vision is the path is so clear to them exactly in fact uh, rather uh, it's both ways in fact uh, i'm i'm now um, working with a lot of these smart engineers you know the the silicon valley style bangalore engineers <laughs> who are who are uh, mentoring these students and they are part of our program and i often find these mentors come back to me and said i learned more than they did <laughs> so <laughs> you know because if you look at it the problems these people want to solve is something that you know doesn't come naturally to a lot of people i mean they want to solve mental wellness issues yeah. right because how can i use ai for mental wellness because that is a problem they see in their community today mobile addiction right that is a big problem that they see today right and how i can use ai for mental wellness how i can use ai for healthcare yeah. that is a big subject today and we, this is all coming from the students right we are not giving them kind of cookie cutter projects and say okay do this no we are saying find your passion the same discussion figure out what you want to change and then use your ai skills to do that and amplify that and scale it right so that is the the new narrative so uh, healthcare and agriculture i want to save our farmers right i mean i want to provide analytics to our farmers so if you look at it they are looking at all backyard issues as we call it Yeah. So every time when we were thinking of entrepreneurship, we are only looking at oh, let's solve problems of Silicon Valley or or Africa or somewhere, right? Or let's create a new gaming company or a new social media company. But now it's like I want to use my skills to solve my backyard issues. I think, and that is the change that needs to bring in. One, we need to make it mainstream, yeah. integrated with regular topics like AI. Uh, hope it in, gets integrated with biology. In fact, there are so many girls who are coming to our AI programs who are 
who are uh, looking at uh, 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 topics like biology, who are specializing in biology, who want to have, who want to become doctors, they're psychology students who are coming to us and say, I want to learn AI. Because suddenly you are now made AI as not a computer science topic. Yeah. It is a topic, it is a language like Universal, Hindi, German, yeah. Kannada. It is a new language that you need to learn to make an impact in the world. Right. And I think that's where the conversation needs to go, that how we can make this all mainstream yeah. and also look at your backyard issue. Just look at the problems that you can relate with. Because right. often we say, oh, farmers are having this kind of a problem, but you've never seen a farmer. You know, you don't belong to the village. It's hard. But when you go to a rural student, which we are now going, I mean, they say, I want to change my father's life. Oh, yes. Right? My yeah. mother is like this. I want to change her life. Right. And those are people who are going to go a long, long way. And when technology will about, only play an amplifying yeah. role. When you, when you brought in that uh, talk about the farmer, uh, Manav, a few years back, I was working with uh, one, uh, uh, you know, uh, they provide scholarships to students who are in need and who are not financially able to support their uh, uh, graduate studies. And I used to uh, provide support to them. I would call them up and then I only uh, job as a volunteer was to know if they need any other help from the company and uh, believe me and these were all uh, children who had come from uh, you know very very small towns and villages they were uh, you know sons or daughters of maybe a cobbler or maybe a vegetable vendor and they had made it even to IIT and when I used to talk to any one of those I would get goosebumps because the kind of passion and the fire they had in their belly and they were like uh, I'm going to graduate next year and I'm, I'm going to call my cousin my you know uh, friend and I'm going to make sure that child gets a, a coaching class he attends coaching for applying to all the you know competitive exams and it used to I, I used to get so emotional just feeling that passion in that child and I think uh, you know what you said is so important that we start integrating these kind of thought processes in all our children who are more privileged than some right to look yeah. around and to lend a helping hand wherever they can yeah so I was, uh, when Manav was talking about uh, you know the relevance of a topic he was saying like for example, farming, it's relevant uh, in a rural setup. So I was having this discussion in a, my biology class about uh, uh, COVID and uh, the use of oxygen cylinders. So uh, uh, there were these kids with statistics who said, uh, you know, about 2000 kilograms of oxygen is uh, used uh, per day in a hospital with COVID patients. Now you connect it to deforestation you know, how much oxygen would uh, trees uh, release? And it's like uh, 118 kilograms of oxygen per tree per year. And you do calculations like that and you bring, you know, two things uh, together, then it makes sense for, uh, for us to say, okay, environmental conservation, what's yeah. the need? You know, what is, the, what is the value of oxygen released by a tree, you know, quantitative? And tell, we just uh, say the Amazon rainforest is burning or uh, India, uh, uh, the forests are being cut down. Give them the relevance, give them the, you know, have a discussion. It suddenly makes sense, you know, yeah. oh, this is what we're talking about. 
So, I mean, the youth today, I think they notice and they're so, uh, you know, clear in their thought. A few days uh, back, I had a, uh, you know, conversation with a young uh, change maker, uh, Garvita. I don't know if you heard that talk. And uh, she says, uh, for her, she started a movement of safe water. And she said it just came to her when she was in a restaurant. And, you know, generally uh, the waiters uh, would fill up the glasses. And she says most of the water goes waste. And that just triggered the thought process. So I think the uh, youth of today do look at things in a way that we probably as uh, younger uh, people did not. And I think it's time that we tapped into that kind of vision and used it to, uh, you know, create a better world for everyone. Yeah, in fact, uh, two stories come to my mind as you were uh, sharing that, Sapna. One is there's a TISB student who's saving the Belandur Lake. Yeah. Right. Who's working with us because he said, forget the rainforest. My city is, I'm embarrassed because yeah. this lake was on fire. And uh, he's now working around creating sensors to, uh, to measure the acidic level in the lakes and informing BBMP authorities wow. so that when it, it is more likely to catch fire. Wow. Right. And of course, he's giving real time report and he's a nerd. He's a techie. Right. He's like, he's inspired with technology. And the other is uh, I'm a small T student. Just yesterday, I was talking to him. Now, he's a complete introvert. He belongs to a rural community. And he's part of our program. He cannot communicate as in talking as well. But he's a very powerful communicator using documentaries. Oh. And he's a, like a, he's a drone photographer. And he used drone photography and movie making and documentary. And he is now uh, making documentary uh, in his village on what are the water bodies in my village, which are the streams and how they're going to just vanish in five years. Wow. And he's taking that conversation to all the school children in the village so that they all can save it. Wow. Right? So I think that's the power of, uh, of, uh, of what young people can do. And they, I think talking about creativity, the question you asked, I think they have a very unique way to solve the same problem. If you had asked me to solve the, the water bodies problem, I would have started maybe a campaign, maybe some news articles here and there, maybe some marches here and there. Right? <laughs> but this guy is using like drone photography. Right? <laughs> so so they, they, ha they are natives. I mean, they, they are YouTubers. They are bloggers. They are natural at all these social media stuff. And the moment you power them with a purpose, uh, they use all these kind of, you know, the new skills, uh, which this Gen Z belong sort of our natives to. And uh, they have a unique creative way to solve the same problem and probably a better way. Yeah. And also, I think they, they, if they hit a wall, I don't think they back down, you know, they, they hit that wall and they start walking along the side and find something else like, as we as adults, as soon as we f hit a wall, we like we, we feel dejected and you know, we feel like, oh, that's that's the end of it. I don't think I can find another solution to it. But they have, you know, a vision where they, okay, this didn't work. Okay, this will work and this will work. And they have so many ideas that they uh, bring out. Yeah, yeah. No, in yes. fact, um, one of the things that I would love to talk about is this whole grit mindset, right? Uh, the the mindset that these young people have and in, somehow we need to get that grit mindset into the classroom. Yeah. It's a famous study with a Stanford professor came out on grit mindset and how we can get that in the classrooms. Uh, it evolves from growth mindset and grows to grit. But one of the things uh, that is uh, I personally believe in is, uh, is, you know, somehow the girls give up, right? Or 
we need to have we need to get the girls into a stage where they don't give up that easy mm-hmm. right so let's let me give you an example to elaborate that point so when you're talking about entrepreneurship a a, a boy even if he or she is not prepared will show and and say i'm prepared a girl would get it right completely before she comes to you and say she and and we know generally girls are smarter than boys but now if you look at all the corporate leadership position the very fact that we are talking about how do we have more women in leadership i think it just goes down to what we are teaching in classroom if we are making girls more resilient don't give up have that grit right i think that will go a long way in the future to also have entrepreneurial skill set make more corporate leaders who are women right and of course the gender discussion needs to be in the boardroom and we need yes. to have those kind of but i think i think that's what it is i think the grit and the resilience need to be brought in because you know girls are you know because of various reasons yeah. and this is like my experience uh, they are distracted because the parents will say something right they have they have so many other things to do and the boys i mean i mean you have to get them motivated yeah. but once you get them motivated they even get- like go up i i i agree to a lot of what you said manav and i think generally also um as girls uh, i'm not speaking for everyone but this is my perception that you know to uh, stand stubbornly in front and say that you know i really want to do that is very difficult for a lot of uh, girls in uh, especially in houses where you know uh, whether we like it or not there is discrimination between girls and boys that is definitely been there and i think still continues we are in a better world now than what we were before but the uh, the choices given to girls of course are sometimes lesser than what they are given to the boys they have uh, you know more freedom to experiment which the girls don't and i think by bringing entrepreneurial education to schools we bring them at par right from ground up we bring them up in uh, even if it doesn't happen at home but if it is happening in school i think somewhere it empowers them with the courage to uh, stand ground no agreed yeah. and in fact that's why i'm very proud that 80% of our students are girls because i think that is a conversation that entrepreneurship can drive right have more women as leaders yeah. right and i think that's and we need to tell them it's entrepreneurship is not about making money right it's about following a larger purpose because that's where things change completely i mean there's a girl working with us in the village who says i'm going to eradicate alcohol from my village because she faced abuse from her dad because uh, her dad is an alcoholic now you taking the same education which we are teaching in the nicer schools in the international school and the same education in a village school and you see a different result you see a girl standing out who wants to be now taking up and hope hopefully she can join us this time at the un whenever that opens up and whenever we can travel but i think you know leadership it, it is is everywhere and i think my dream is that probably and my hypothesis rather is that india steve jobs probably is in the village and we need I, to get them out there i wish you all the best for finding and uh, you know unraveling that uh, steve jobs and what you said manav is so true that uh, you know um, problem solving is just not 
uh, finding a problem and solving it. It just changes your vision as a person because you start looking at things in a way that you generally don't. You look around you. And so I think somewhere it uh, encourages children also to think about service and to think about society and community at large. So I'm sure, Malti, you would have also seen in your children once they, you know, their friends were who were part of this program. And it, it would have kind of, uh, you know, uh, seeped into the rest of the children as well who were watching, who were just watching that. Yeah, yeah, of course. And it, uh, it has seeped into their everyday lives also. Because any problem, they approach it uh, with that outlook. You know, they learn to look at things differently. Absolutely. And uh, we have um, primary school children coming and asking, when can we be part of, when can we start a project? When can we do this, you know? So it, it's exciting. And you, and uh, as Mana was saying, we do notice a whole lot of girls who are um, more passionate um, and they are perfectionists. So that's what I think, see, they, they embark on it once uh, their ideas are solid. They want something, they've created something. They want it at a certain level of perfection before they present. So that's one thing that we see a difference. Boys, as he said, yes, they will uh, stand up, they will uh, say whatever is in their minds. Girls are more, uh, uh, they, they would like a streamlined thought and uh, do it to perfection uh, yes. but it's very encouraging to see the enthusiasm build up and uh, it's building up with the teachers too uh, i think we have involved a lot more teachers also to you know sit in on their sessions and uh, we have students presenting in fact one of our students um, last month uh, had uh, chosen a topic of uh, well-being of teachers Wow. You know, uh, nobody has thought of teachers well-being in these times. So yeah. uh, this was a great uh, nine. Amazing, student. yeah. Yeah, Kirti. Yeah, I mean, she's a great nine student. And, yeah, uh, yeah. It was amazing. And uh, she presented it to a group of groups of teachers, I would say, at each step. And the teachers, uh, uh, you, you should see the enthusiasm of she had activities and she had uh, panel discussions like this. And uh, the teachers were... Uh, uh, you know, really into it. Uh, so yeah. it's really encouraging. And I, I'm, I'm really uh, uh, proud um, of uh, the thought processes, the, the enthusiasm that's coming out, the creativity. That Absolutely. And I think uh, another important thing that I feel is that uh, the younger we start them on this, I think, uh, uh, I think the results are uh, so much better because I think as the children also grow up, the fears increase, right? That's when the creativity comes down. And uh, the most important thing as they grow up or when they're in high school is uh, the result. Am I going to reach there? Am I going to achieve that? And uh, is it going to be 100% successful? So the, I think that is what drives the whole process when you are uh, in high school. Whereas when you are in the middle school or even in the primary, I think, you know, the, the thought of just walking on that journey is so strong that they, they, the result comes later. So I think you have so many more ideas that you play with. True. And... Uh taking it uh, to younger earlier levels you know uh, uh, right now I think we we're working on uh, uh, kind of a theater group uh, online uh, for early learners so uh, 
I think hats off to her for bringing in uh, this program to our schools and uh, you know it, it gives that opportunity and we hope to take it at a younger and younger level. Absolutely. Yeah. Manav, have you worked with the really younger kids also like the primary years? Uh, no, uh, except for my own son. <laughs> <laughs> That's a learning yeah. every day, right? <laughs> <laughs> Who, and now, of course, he's in the middle school. But yeah, you know, we, uh, I, he used to maintain an ideas book. Wow. And uh, one of them was uh, growing trees and, you know, how can I have start a tree factory? Right? Wow. So, so the creativity is, of course, very high. They are not limited with what's right, what's wrong, uh, where, are the, where are the failures, what can be done. They have, uh, you know, they are in a way oblivious to failures, which is, I think, a great space to be in and the more you get educated the more you are aware of failures and the pitfalls and somehow that prevents you from taking that step yeah. and teachers and educators can play a big role and i think um, hats off to dr bindu hari and the nps management for for uh, taking that bold step i mean when i was talking to her about this program four years back i was saying oh, i hope she had she takes it. I hope she takes it because, you know, NPS, okay, it's a big school, TISV, big school, right? And she said, okay, let's go and do it, right? So it was like, wow, I mean, how did that happen, right? So it yeah. was wonderful. And we need educators like Dr. Bindu Hari, like Ms. Malti, like yeah. uh, Ms. Indra in Naphil and other teachers to sure. take that step and believe. I think it has to start at the top and the teachers and the principals, the moment they, they allow the ecosystem to thrive, I think... One of the things we all need to humbly accept is, right, okay, we are, we are not entrepreneurs in the traditional way. Right? The best we can do is create an entrepreneurial ecosystem in our classrooms yeah. or in our schools and in the community, right, which is like a community of problem solvers. Yeah. If we do that, I think um, automatically things will happen. We don't have to do much. We have to just make sure we are giving an, an environment for young people to thrive and to come up with their own problems and looking at their own solutions and just giving them all the access and resources they need. I think that's what we need to do. Yeah. And like, like we said earlier on, so it's a, it's a mindset, right? It's not just about a career choice. It is a mindset and bringing the children up with that mindset really helps. And now that we were talking about our uh, children, like from middle and the high school and how failure is what, you know, uh, uh, becomes a big fear as you grow. But uh, when your children you're resilient to failure. I think you just, you know, starting from a child who's building a blocks and he's creating a structure and the moment the structure breaks is, it's very intrinsically ingrained in him that he'll just start building it again, right? And uh, you're intuitively, uh, you know, just creating. So I think, uh, uh, but as you grow up, failures are necessary because failures also fuel, you know, your path to success. And uh, uh, recently I was listening to a lot of these, uh, you know, established entrepreneurs, whether it was Steve Jobs or Mark Zuckerberg. And uh, for them also in their story, they always say that failure has been the big, uh, you know, key for success for them. So I think I'll ask that question to you first, Manav, because you must have uh, been through that path and uh, experienced a lot of it. So how did it help you? A number of times, in fact, a number of times I was just thrown out of meetings. <laughs> so, so, uh, and of course, uh, a number of times, uh, you know, the biggest, the biggest thing you have to get rid of is self-doubt. Mm -hmm. I think, uh, and of course, allow yourself to fail and not be too harsh on yourself. 
but I think something, I mean, I'm more talking in the context of young people. I think uh, we, we organized something called the failure talks. So, uh, so we had like, uh, for future leaders, the program that we did, we had the co-founder of Pixar and the producer of Toy Story who joined us uh, from, uh, from San Francisco. And he was not talking about how good the Toy Story was. He was talking about all the failures he had and how he wanted to give up and how he was told he can never do it and stuff. I think what we need to do is make failure talks as part of our mainstream conversations because uh, I think the more we are open to failures, uh, you know, it's, uh, I think that's going to change it. And personally, I think all of us have more failure stories than success stories. Uh, I think it's known for that one thing that probably we all are talking about, but I think if we open up a failure talk, we can go on for 24 hours on this, uh, <laughs> on this podcast. But yeah, I think we just need to make uh, failures as part of main uh, living room conversation. Yeah, in school and even at home. I think home is very important. The teachers can only do their job if the home environment is also supportive and the parents are supporting. Correct. And uh, something that we have seen in future leaders is there's a direct relationship with what a student has done at the UN and the parenting style. I mean, uh, we can write a book today on the parenting style and how that has helped uh, this child to perform so well at the United Nations. I think, and I would give, uh, besides the teachers, uh, a big, uh, big applause to the parents who are really encouraging that discussion at home, who are not kind of, um, you know, uh, 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 you know, like the, the parents in the 1980s will tell you what to do and you execute it, right? There, you need to really let them be and let them thrive. And I think that is, is going to be a big, uh, that's going to create a big difference. And I think from there, I also want to add, uh, Manav, when I was teaching, even with the kindergartners, I've taught from kindergarten to high school. And even when I used to work with the kindergartners, you could just make out in each and every child where that child is coming from, uh, the kind of, uh, uh, you know, uh, time that the parents are giving to that child. And it would reflect in the child's behavior in every day in the classroom itself. So I think it's a big shout out to parents who, uh, you know, give importance to that part of parenting where they need to be there and encourage children to think independently as well. Yeah. In fact, I tell parents when I talk to them and we have separate session with the parents because we cannot do this program unless the parents are supportive. Uh, so uh, they become an integral part of the program. And the only thing I tell parents was in the next two, three months till we are doing the program, can you tell your child all about your failures in very casual discussions that you have over tea, coffee, or as you're driving? Because I think it, those things will really help. And also uh, uh, de-stress the, the students and the young people that it's okay to fail. I mean, of course, I'm not saying go and fail, but you know, when you're, I mean, remember, just recall the time when you learned how to uh, ride a bicycle. Uh, remember a time then when you first learn swimming, your swimming lessons, right? I mean, you can only do this by doing it. There's no manual that can teach you this, yeah. right? No and manual can, can teach you how to ride a bike. Yeah, nobody can handhold you through yeah. the entire journey. So yeah. they have to go at it and themselves. It. And I think only when uh, you, uh, you know, fail or you have those setbacks in the journey is when you realize how strong that passion is 
that you uh, that is the trigger for that uh, journey and uh, if it is strong you will keep going and i think somewhere uh, uh, what i think also entrepreneurial education teaches children is also that you know you need to be uh, uh, stubborn as well as at the same time be flexible and open to the thought that if it is not working i might have to tweak it a little and i might have to change the path a little that acceptance also is very important yeah in fact one of the things that i firmly believe in is make your students fall in love with the problem uh, not the solution yeah if you're in love with the problem the solutions won't matter because solutions could be failing but if you are committed to something bigger which is solving a problem you will come up with 100 solutions and you won't worry about failing right. because you are right there just trying to get the perfect solution that solves the problem so often we get uh, in love right we fall in love with the solution uh, i have fallen in love with a lot of solution in one m one b by the way because i had to <laughs> sort of you know the the market teaches you that you know let's solve the problem yeah it's not the solution so do you both of you i put it to both of you any any uh, experiences that you had with any of the children when they were like uh, it, it's not working out and uh, you know they they felt that uh, there is no solution and then finally they figured out something like that did it, something like that ever happen with any uh, of your interactions um i remember a couple of uh, uh, um, students after we reached um new york city uh, they they done their presentations they have their uh, ppts ready they have their short pitches and their uh, main presentations um and then they had a few uh, sessions with some experts there after reaching there and after the sessions where we had just uh, another day or two for the final uh, uh presentation at the un um they a uh, kind of uh, lit up and said oh i have to change this <laughs> according you know it's it, and uh, manav don't you remember some of them completely changed their completely uh, completely, oh. completely changed wow. their ppts completely changed the way that they approaching it and their speeches and rehearsed and rehearsed and rehearsed multiple times it went uh, we uh, i think in the hotel lobby uh, we had this group which went on till uh, 11:30 at uh, night uh, the previous day so that was <laughs> but they were they were you know they wanted it they they wanted to perfect it and they just switched and changed yeah uh, and that requires confidence in themselves like that shows that how confident they were that at the last very last minute they could change it and still take on right i mean yeah. that that is the kind of boost to the confidence that the program had given them that that's amazing yeah manav you had something to say as well yeah i mean i had a story <laughs> of a girl giving up and then really succeeding at the un yeah. so there's this uh, girl tanvi from tisb uh, you know when we were about to go uh, tanvi's father called um, and said that um, she won't be going and i said why she said you know Uh, she feels she's not confident and she feels she's not done enough work and her idea was recycling plastic right that was the idea and and she had too many things on her plate and one of the thing was a musical concert that she was part of and that was coming up and i said why didn't you tell me this before he said why i said she's fond of music said, yeah why don't we use music for change and uh, the father and we discussed and then he convinced uh, the daughter and she came up in two weeks in two weeks before going to the un and she qualified uh, 
she came up with a project called music for all ears in which she got music available to a lot of underprivileged schools and she performed in the underprivileged schools and in fact she got uh, you know because of her work she recently uh, got invited to to showcase her work she was all in the newspapers as well a few wow. weeks back but imagine like she was ready to give up yeah right and now um, and of course and you know the first question was we have something called the go no go session so you have to go through the fire drill called go no go <laughs> if you get a go you go to the un right if you don't get a you know and many people don't get a go uh, and she got a go in two weeks wow. two weeks a new project and she got fired up and she did this program music for all years in uh, in in a underprivileged school make music available piano uh, and and music available uh, to all these schools which don't even have desks and uh, places wow. to it and it was a wonderful program wow. so you never know what happens right yeah. you never know what happens the only thing we keep on telling is don't give up don't give up even in like as ms malti is saying even like 12 hours before the critical project you could be changing yeah. and you could come up with a presentation no one has ever heard before right and that's what we see you just need to allow them to to kind of change and pivot so that's i think that is what is fundamental is that if they go through a program like this that is the uh, you know the big discussion today that i wanted to bring out is that if the children have gone through a journey like that it is easier for them to do that right it makes life easier for them to at the last minute also take a call that no i can do it i'll change the entire thing and i can present this but if uh, you know not everybody is comfortable so if we make all the children go through a journey like this we are empowering them with so much of confidence to take decisions like that yeah and that's why i believe in the power of accidental entrepreneurship <laughs> absolutely absolutely <laughs> i think yeah you have to somehow slip in yeah. you have to make entrepreneurship serve entrepreneurship from the back door because in the front door it does people many people don't relate to it yeah and uh, the moment you make it part of the mainstream make it part of their projects make it part of their capstone work make make it part of the science education look at that fact india is still reeling so behind in our number of innovations in our intellectual property in our research work you know a lot can change if you get entrepreneurial education and entrepreneurship is just not for entrepreneurs yeah entrepreneurial yeah. thinking is for all of us i mean the incidents i was talking about with miss malpi she's entrepreneurial like nobody else i think yeah. right sapna you are entrepreneurial uh, and uh, you know so entrepreneurship is is a skill and being an entrepreneur is a choice yeah and you don't have a choice when it comes to a skill set and entrepreneurship as a skill set i believe should be made mandatory in all our education and i think that will make really india stand out from a lot of things that are happening from a technology from a research from the number of phds that are coming out in the country i think that is all set to change with this generation thinking very differently yes i i i think nobody you you know you summed it up so well and uh, from there i really feel that you know in the times to come that we could make uh, like we have biology and chemistry and physics and science as subjects we had an entrepreneurial education uh, period every day or at least twice or thrice a week and i think that would really charge up the children to go to school because if it was just about you know taking up a project and working on it for that term and presentation at the end of the term and the i think the thrill to present and uh, see you know it work and be applauded for it i think that from uh, younger years upwards it would be such a learning yeah and i think we are changing in fact cbse has introduced entrepreneurship 
you know, I was part of the Delhi government. Delhi government, the state schools are thousands of schools. They have integrated something called the EMC, uh, Entrepreneurship Mindset Curriculum. Uh, and it's again, the words, look at it, entrepreneurial mindset. I think that's the right way to go towards this. It's not just being an entrepreneur. It's about the mindset. And I think these small changes that are happening, and of course, the big ones, uh, because looking at what CBSE has done and what Delhi government has done, and of course, the Kerala government was the first one to do it. I think gradually we'll see a very different generations coming out of schools. And we already, we, as Mamna said, we have to save up social empowerment through uh, work action. So that's uh, implemented from grade one. Uh, where they choose a topic and they present it, as you said, Sapna. So yeah. it's starting early. We even have a market day for grade six where uh, they, they manufacture products. You know, they have these presentations to parents for the venture capital and they calculate profit and loss and yeah. uh, product design. And, you know, uh, uh, by the way, the grade six people decided that uh, uh, most money is made uh, when uh, you have food. 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 <laughs> Whatever else they make, you need food. So you need a pav bhaji counter. You need a pan bhaji counter. You can't go wrong with food. So yes. Nothing goes wrong with food. Yeah. Yes. I told, I remember Malti. My kids were at NPS. Uh, they they both studied there. And when it was uh, you know their uh, sixth grade time, and they had this market. So they one of them I think did. Uh, some bookmarks and the other one, but they were like, no, we, we need to have some uh, brownies or muffins on the side because people don't come to us all if we don't have food. food. So we're going to do this, but we're going to keep some food on the side because yeah. people will come. Yeah, so every stall has a food counter also attached to it. So, they, they started thinking like that, right? Yeah, you just, yeah. It, it yeah. just... No, and uh, you know, and one more thing uh, which uh, was uh, really cute was uh, towards the end of the day when the sales is winding down they come up with these amazing deals you know by i remember there was a stall which sold hand painted bottles you know just ornamental bottles and the next stall uh, next to it was uh, growing plants without soil so they had uh, clay containers uh, with gel beads and hydroponics and so on. So both stalls uh, were not making too much money. So they took the plant out of that, put the gel bead in the ornamental bottle, sold the plant and bottle and decided a price then and there it sold. <laughs> These are grade six, so it was very cute the way they think um, at, a, at a crux. You know? yeah, yeah. No, I think so. It was so amazing to get all these experiences and ideas out uh, from both of you, uh, Manav and Malti. And uh, I think before we wrap up, uh, I would like both of you to give just at least two, two tips to uh, our teachers and our parents out there who are listening and to students. So uh, what, what is the biggest take from uh, our discussion today? Um. I would say creativity is uh, innate in all children. And as adults, teachers or parents, uh, we need to bring out that creativity. We cannot dampen that creativity, however trivial it may sound. And we should not trivialize it. it a small thought can lead to a huge change. So that would be my takeaway message. Creativity in children is like a miracle. We sustain it and we bring it out. Beautiful, beautiful. What about you, Manav? 
um, two things I would say. One is um, allow your students to fall in love with the problem, as I said, not the solution. And that happens when you have immersive experiences. And immersive experiences happen outside the classroom, not inside the classroom. So allow as much for, for your students to go and discover outside the classroom what problem you want to solve. Go and talk to people. I think one of the things that we don't do well is we innovate in a four walls. Right? That's not what innovation, that's not how, how it happens. Innovations happen with people. And your almost innovation is a service. It's for, you're innovating for somebody else. You're not innovating for yourself. So number of time we think there is a solution to a problem. And when you go down, you know, there is something else and you're solving the wrong problem. As we say, are you giving a painkiller or are you, are you giving a vitamin? And most of the time it's a vitamin that you are given. So if somebody has a headache, you need a crocin or a dolo. You don't need vitamin C tablets. And most of the time our innovation are vitamin C tablets when a person has a headache. So, and that discovery only happens when you have immersive experience and you fall in love with the problem. I think that's one tip that I would say, uh, make your students fall in love. And the second thing is um, uh, entrepreneurship is a team sport. Um, uh, and entrepreneurship education is also a team sport. So don't do it alone. Um, ask, get people inside your classrooms who have done it. Uh, get people inside your classroom who could be inspiring in their journeys, right? Our job as an entrepreneurship educator is more facilitating role, right? And if we can somehow have a flipped classroom approach where we are getting people, we're getting experiences, we are showing visuals, we're showing documentaries, we are letting students talk more than we talking, I think that's, that's what it would be. So entrepreneurship is a team sport get people inside the classroom and make the students fall in love with the problem. Those two things I'll say. Wonderful. I think uh, really go ahead with uh, all your thoughts. Uh, I would just like to add to that is that, uh, you know, our world outside is changing so fast. And some of the, I think the safe and the amazing career options that are now may not still be there in the future. And uh, as uh, educators, as parents, as uh, uh, you know, uh, established entrepreneurs, I think it is our uh, duty to empower our children with that uh, fearless curiosity, creativity, and the passion to innovate, which will help them uh, build a better world for themselves and for also the society at large. So uh, thank you so much for being on this panel and sharing so many wonderful experiences. And like you said, I'm going to live with this experience that we've created today and take back so much from uh, all that you both contributed to. Thank you, Sapna. It was wonderful. I had a lot of fun and uh, was a wonderful experience. Thank you so yeah, much. Thank inviting. you so much. And thank you. My pleasure to be among two amazing ladies here. So thank <laughs> oh, you. Thank you thank so you. much thank for you. taking time out and uh, all the best. And uh, see you soon. Thank, Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye -bye.